Hello, and if you can hear me, you are officially listening to the first episode in our new digital space, Youth St. Stephen. Um, so you might be listening to this on YouTube. I definitely know it should be on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, maybe coming soon. But anyways, I am super excited for us to have this new space. So real quick, before we jump into things, what is Youth St. Stephen? The name, I like it. It might be temporary. It might be a full-time thing. I don't know. We're going to try it. But long story short, it's a space for the youth at St. Stephen. And it's a space for just youth in general to kind of have a space, but more importantly, for our youth to connect, especially in the environment that we are where we're so digitally focused uh, with Corona and everything that's going on. I mean, you know, what else What else is there to do, right, except to kind of embrace it? So uh, let's give ourselves a quick little, little intro here, and then I'll explain what we're going to be talking about today. But yeah, thanks for joining me. This is fun. All right, so let's get down to it. Uh, This week, we are going to jump into our series, which I've kind of touched on the last few weeks, but I am with each and every one of you when I say that Zoom fatigue is real, 100% real. And if you hate Zoom as much as I do, no offense to them because they are helpful, but if (laughs) if you have a feeling of... The opposite of love towards Zoom, whether it be on your phone, on your computer, whatever it be, uh, I am with you. Just know that. So what are we doing this week? This week, we are going to look at week one of Atypical, which is a series that focuses on family. And let's go ahead and read a quick bio about it so we're kind of aware of what we're doing. And that might help us kind of better understand what it's trying to teach us here. No family is perfect. Not even the ones that seem normal on the outside. No one truly has a normal family, and that's okay. Sometimes it's the most not normal families that God uses to make the most not normal difference in the world. In this series, we'll look at four imperfect and atypical families from the Bible. We'll discover not-so-typical families are often used by God because not-so-typical families pray for each other, have tough conversations, and forgive each other. So yeah, that is atypical. Just a quick little uh, elevator pitch, maybe. That's what you could call that. All right, so let's jump into this here. We are starting off with a poll, and if we were together as a hmm, normal, cohesive group, as we usually would be, I'd totally tell you right now, let's pull out your phone and open Kahoot, and we'll, we'll take the poll together. That is not an option, of course, but uh, you can still play along at home, and we're going to get the engineers on that real quick to figure out in the future how you can totally let us know what your poll answers are. Anyways, though, we're going to jump into this, and the poll this week is, how normal is your family? Question number one, what shows about families are you most likely to watch? We've got On My Block, 
Blackish, Modern Family, This Is Us, Fresh Off the Boat, and Fuller House. I'm gonna say for me, uh, 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 This Is Us, Fuller House, and maybe a little bit of Fresh Off the Boat. Those are, those are my main go-tos right there on that list. Question number two, which, oh boy, which celebrity family do you love or relate to most? So we've got the Kardashians, we've got Beyonce and Jay-Z's family, Chip and Joanna Gaines and their family, the duo Chrissy Teigen and John Legend's family, the Duck Dynasty family, Steph and Aisha Curry's family, and of course you can't leave them out, the royal family. I've got to I've got to do an all of the above here. I think all of those families are probably uh, I, I wouldn't say I could relate to all of them, but I think I would definitely say I love all of them. They're a good little mix there. All right, and time to get a little a little personal. Question number three: Compared to other families you know, how normal is your family? We've got at the top super normal kind of normal, not so normal, and totally not normal. I don't think anybody can say super normal. If you are saying super normal, then bless your heart, because I don't, I don't know if I could do that. That is, that is, uh, that's awesome if that is you. I'm going to say with kind of normal. Kind of normal is probably where we're at. I think that is probably uh, a good place to put it. All right, so hear me out. The families we watch on TV or in movies aren't usually normal. I wish they were. You wish they were. But normal really doesn't make for great entertainment, unfortunately. Uh, And Hollywood directors, they're pretty smart at that. We, as as a people, as a culture, love the drama, I think, of watching the stories of not so normal families. But when it comes to our own families, we probably feel a little differently. If you have a not-so-normal family, there are probably times when you wish your family looked more like other families. Or maybe your family is pretty normal, but a little quirky, and you love it. Or maybe your family feels too normal, and you're like, dang, blah. Sometimes maybe they could just be a little different or more interesting. Or maybe your family looks normal on the outside, but there are some not so normal things about it that you don't like to talk about. No matter what kind of family you have, I really hope that you know you and your family, regardless, even if you don't think I love them, God loves them, but I promise you I love them too. No matter what you think about your family, no one truly has a normal family. All right, real quick, 30 seconds on the clock. Have you ever wished your family was different or more like other families? If so, how? Time starts now.
Well, that was some really refreshing, fun, questiony thinky time. Cool. So there's a TV series called Atypical, and from what I know, it's just on Netflix. Um, don't go out and watch it right away. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to put a little asterisk disclaimer here. It is a little bit of a mature show, but it is pretty interesting how the content of that show relates to our series and the fact that it didn't even cross my mind until I was kind of thinking hard about what would go good with our first week here. So maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't, but Atypical is about a family that basically doesn't fit the norm of a family. The series focuses around their son, Sam, who's 18. He's a senior in high school, and he's on the autism spectrum. His family has built their lives around loving him while still trying to be that normal, typical family. As Sam grows up, he starts wanting more independence, the ability to make his own decisions, and (laughs) from the first episode, it's pretty evident he also wants a girlfriend, which I can't blame him. During his journey toward self-discovery, the rest of his family is left to confront their own ideas of what it means to be a typical family. In one scene, Sam tells his friend, sometimes I wish I was normal. And his friend says back, well, dude, nobody's normal. And I think that's a pretty powerful statement. When it comes to our families, that's a message that we all, I think, sometimes need to hear. So for the next about minute or so, you're going to hear a trailer from the series Atypical. There are strategies I could teach him. I'm not a little kid anymore. I can do things. Strategies for when you get your heart broken. Sometimes I wish I was normal. And dude, nobody's normal. Your son has the same desire to be loved that we all do. Paige? Why shouldn't he pursue it? Fragile. Everything is Sam this and autism that. Maybe it's time for you to have your own life. Whoever first said practice makes perfect was an idiot. Humans can't be perfect because we're not machines. The best thing that you can say about practice is that it makes better. Man, what a good trailer. You know, every time I hear uh, a little segment from that show, and I, I think I've watched two seasons of Atypical, and it, it was a while ago. I mean, it was, I think it was like a year ago, because it's been out a couple years on Netflix, from what I remember, unless my brain is totally lying to me right now. Um, again, another disclaimer, uh, don't just go out and watch it, but if you're interested, I would check with your parent or your guardian and say, hey... Can we watch a little bit of this together? Um, because it is pretty powerful. Um, the the thought that no family is perfect, not even the ones that seem normal on the outside. Uh, the series Atypical does a really good job at talking about that. And so if that is your vibe, check it out. I think it might be cool. So anyways, if you're a little bit like me, which I'm thinking, you know, we're all human. So we've got that at least, uh, that box able to be checked off. I'm going to guess that there has been a time in your life, and heck, maybe even this week or even today, I don't know, right, Uh, when you thought, geez, my family is so dang dysfunctional. My family doesn't understand me. They just don't, they don't get me, okay? Like, why? Why do they, why do they get, get 
on me for doing this. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's such a little thing. Or, <laughs> I think we've all had this one, maybe. I wish I had a different family. That is a, a big one. So this week's big idea is not so typical families are often used by God. Not so typical families are often used by God. So no matter how imperfect or abnormal or dysfunctional that you feel your family is, I have some crazy good news. Because as crazy as it might sound, that is actually true. God can use your family to do great things. And so maybe it sounds, you know, a little unlikely, but wait until you hear about the families we're going to meet in our series, Atypical. You know, if God could use those families to do something great, then (laughs) I would say God can use my family or your family to do the same thing. And so the first not-so-normal family we're going to take a little peek at is, can you guess? Can you think? Think back really, really early in the Bible. What family, family with quotes, loosely, family, uh, would you think would be the first not-so-normal family? Did you get it? (laughs) The answer is Adam and Eve. And in fact, they were the first family ever. So we're going to go ahead and take a peek at Genesis, Genesis 2 and 3. And so I'm going to go ahead and do a quick little read through here. Uh, Give me that scripture though, right? Uh, Of Genesis 2. And we're going to read out of the message today because I think that's going to be a little bit more intriguing. So put on your seatbelts and let's jump into it. Heaven and earth were finished, down to the last detail. By the seventh day, God had finished his work. On the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God blessed the seventh day. He made it a holy day. Because on that day, he rested from his work. All the creating God had done. This is the story of how it all started. Of heaven and earth when they were created. That's verses 1 through 4 of Genesis 2. And a quick summary of the chapter, because Genesis 2 is a little long, is that God formed a man and gave him the garden in Eden, except the tree of good and evil. Adam was alone, so God made a woman as his partner. In Genesis chapter 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we'll go ahead and recap that as well. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, Not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, Don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, You won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging all the way from good to evil. Recapping Genesis 3, the serpent deceived the woman. She and Adam ate from the tree. The ground was cursed 
and God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. And so imagine a world where life is always good. You'd never have to worry about how to get food, to eat, or a place to sleep, or even money to live. It was all just there for you. All you have to do is wake up and live a life of complete peace and joy, 24-7. This was life for Adam and Eve. God designed this first family of sorts to live a life of closeness with God and with each other. But because of their choices, everything changed. They lost their innocence, the Garden of Eden, and access to God that I think they once took for granted. Now, they did gain some things, but they're not like the best of things. They gained shame. They gained a new and more difficult life in a cycle of sin that wouldn't just impact them, but would impact their future children and the entire world. Wow, that is, that's, that's deep. This family started out with so much hope and promise, but their poor decisions led them to pain, loss, damaged relationships, and brokenness. So what was God's response to all this? I mean, that's kind of heavy. Well, God was disappointed, and there were consequences for their actions, but God still took care of them because despite their mistakes, God did not leave this family hopeless. Leaving Eden must have been difficult, but Adam and Eve kept moving forward. Their relationship with God grew more distant because of their sin, but God never left or gave up on them. After leaving Eden, Adam and Eve had two sons named Cain and Abel. But Cain and Abel's story isn't a happy one. We're going to read verses 1 through 7 of Genesis 4, and then we'll go ahead and summarize the rest of the verses after that. Adam slept with Eve, his wife. She conceived and had Cain and said, I've gotten a man with God's help. Then she had another baby, Abel. Abel was a herdsman and Cain a farmer. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. And so Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Summarizing the rest of Genesis 4, Eve's son made offerings to the Lord. Only Abel's was acceptable, so Cain killed him. Abel's blood cried out, and God sent Cain away. Talk about heavy. I mean, wow. Cain was so full of anger and hurt and jealousy that he killed his own brother. And we don't really get into it here in these verses, but he lied to God about it. 
That's why it says that Abel's blood cried out and that's how God found out because he didn't, he wasn't truthful with God. He didn't even tell him he killed his own brother. All right, let's step back away from the verses for a second and think about a couple things about us maybe. Have you ever let your emotions get the best of you? Have you ever, you know, you're in a situation and you kind of have to figure out what you're going to do. And sometimes it's just, it's too overwhelming. I mean, I think it's really easy to do with our family members, right? Cain let his emotions drive him to do something terrible, right? And his choice led to consequences that he would have to bear for the rest of his life. I'm happy that a lot of the things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis are not as life-altering, but I think it's still a good kind of thing to look at and see how can we compare ourselves to what's going on here in these verses. So let's look again at God's response to Cain. It's pretty similar to the response that he had to Cain's parents back in the garden. God was grieved by Cain's actions and there were serious consequences, but God still took care of him. And Cain actually went on to build an entire city. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? So the big idea in this section of verses is that despite his mistakes, God didn't leave Cain hopeless. This is how God's relationship with humanity began. While the family's story began with a hope and promise in the Garden of Eden, it quickly became a story of failure, betrayal, jealousy, anger. I mean, man, there was just a lot of negatives that just kind of whoo happened as we went into that. And so when a family has this kind of history, we might think, what good can possibly come from their story? I mean, once it's kind of fallen off there, you know, what else is there, right? Can the family ever escape from their cycle of, you know, violence and doing bad things? Could God ever even use them? I mean, does, does God really want to use somebody like that? The story of this family might seem kind of like a tragedy, but their story is greater than their worst moments. I'm going to say that one more time because I think this is an important statement to think of when we're looking at stuff like this. Their story, their entire story, when you look at it as a whole, is greater than their worst moments. Throughout the Bible, you see a lot of genealogies. Genealogies are a chart or recorded history of the descent of a person or a family from their ancestor or ancestors. And the genealogies might kind of seem boring. I'm, I'm with you on that if that's how you feel. But the cool thing about them is they really are packed with a lot of significance. Throughout them, you can trace the whole story of Adam, Eve, and their family for generations. Many years after Adam and Eve first disobeyed God and their son Cain killed his brother, a new baby was added to their family tree. The baby was Jesus. And one day he would save his people from their sins. That's Matthew 1, 21. You know, I am, and I say it a lot, but I'm really not a Bible history buff. But the more and more that we kind of study stuff like this, it's really cool to learn stuff like that. Because 
sometimes you just never know. And there's nothing wrong or embarrassing about not knowing stuff like that. The Bible is huge. And granted, I mean, there are books bigger than the Bible, but the stuff that is, you know, about the Bible, all the little nitty gritty pieces, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot. I, <laughs> if, if you feel overwhelmed by trying to figure out the Bible, I'm with you. I am with you completely. The birth of Jesus, it was a fulfillment of a promise that God made to Adam and Eve all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, where it said someday a child would come and crush evil forever. And that's what God did. So we're going to read Romans 5. 18 to 21, and we're jumping into the message version here because I think it needed a little bit more context. Here it is in a nutshell, just as one person did it wrong and got us in all the trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many people in the right. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in the competition with the aggressive forgiveness that we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death. And that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on, world without end. The first family made some big mistakes here, and we've been making big mistakes ever since, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. God never gave up on Adam and Eve's family, and he's never giving up on your family or my family either. Despite our mistakes, God doesn't leave us or our families hopeless. Adam and Eve introduced sin into the world, yes, but God used their family to conquer sin forever through Jesus. What an amazing reminder it is that every family, and that's every family, including imperfect ones, including the not-so-normal, not-so-typical families, can be used by God. So just in case you were taking notes here, because I know you totally were, are five points of our discussion today. Number one, despite their mistakes, God did not leave this family hopeless. God did not leave Adam or Eve feeling hopeless. Number two, despite his mistakes, God didn't leave Cain hopeless. Even though Cain kind of messed up is the basic way to put it, God didn't leave him feeling hopeless either. Number three, their story is greater than their worst moments. The story of the family that we focused on today, their whole story, even though they had some really bad stuff go on, that story is greater than the worst moments they had. Number four, despite our mistakes, God doesn't leave us hopeless. In the same way that happened with Adam and Eve and their family, all the mistakes that we make is the same thing that happened with them. God doesn't leave us feeling hopeless either. And number five, every family, put quotes around that family, no matter what 
type of family it might be, every family can be used by God. Well, I must say, that was pretty fun for me. I hope it was enjoyable for you guys to kind of listen through and go through, but that is, that's week one of Atypical. That was, that was pretty cool. Uh, we do have a boatload of discussion questions, but I'm not going to be that guy that just sits here and reads them all to you because that's no fun. What we are going to do is hear from you. Yes, you, whoever you are, whether you're in middle school, high school, none of the above, that's okay. Uh, I am going to post a way that you can reply to our discussion questions. And so we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So you don't have to answer all of them, but I'd really love if you could answer one or two out of those because some of them are pretty deep, I'll admit it, but other ones are also pretty surface level and don't have to really reveal too much about you if that's not your vibe because that's completely and totally okay. Um, so yeah, look for those coming out soon and we'll figure out a way for you guys to get your answers on here so we can listen to maybe a little wrap up and hear you guys on youth because I think this would be kind of fun. Your family is already atypical. I mean, just kind of admit it, right? Because no family is normal. No family is perfect. But what if God is calling your family to be even more atypical? Every family has its imperfections and problems and struggles, right? Hashtag struggle life. But typical families, they either try to handle them on their own or they just kind of shove them under the rug and never handle them at all. Atypical families, on the other hand, I must say, invite God to take their imperfections, their problems, their struggles, and use them for good. I know it might sound kind of cheesy, right? But there's no family too simple or too complex for God to use. Maybe the painful things about your family can't be fixed. Maybe you'll never see that difficult family member change in the way that you want them to. But here's the good thing. Your family can be used by God to do atypical things in this crazy thing that we call a world. And it might all start with you. Because not so typical families are often used by God. And yours can be used by him too. Yes. Big idea. Bring it all around full circle. Wrap it up. I love you guys. Thank you so, so much for hopping on this train that we call Youth St. Stephen. And we'll see where it goes from here. But again, check out on Instagram or Facebook or I'm pretty sure Instagram or Facebook. Stick with that uh, for discussion questions this week. And I am going to put there a way that you can get your voice on here for sometime next week so that we can hear what you have to say about our series, because I think it would be super cool to hear y'all's voice on here. Am I right? Maybe I'm wrong, but I would love that. I think that would be epic. So I will see you guys very, very soon. But in the meantime, remember God loves you. And so do we have a great rest of your day. 
or week or whatever it is, and we'll see you back here shortly. Love you guys.